We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. This is Pastor Jolly John Lekumski coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota. I hope that's peppy enough for you, Lynn. I'm going to try wife, to keep up with you. My wife always says, you know, since you're retired, you, you just seem kind of tired when you do the show. So I'm trying to sound like a little more, but I am tired, Brad. I'm told I'm retired. Anyway, who is this? Who am I talking to? This is Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And Matt, you know, we, we, like I said, that's what's the great thing about wrestling with the basics is, is we're not just some of the finest Bible study you can find anywhere on Christian radio, but we also cover other things that might be of interest. So I have uh, one of those things for summer, a special summer uh, thing I'd like to share with you. Have you played pickleball yet, Matt? I have. I oh, have played cool. pickleball. Cool. Yeah, I was that that is the rage. So here in, in South St. Louis, they are turning <laughs> the public parks are turning their tennis courts into pickleball courts. Not all of them, but probably about half of them. It is all the rage. And that that's exactly is that crazy? Because that's exactly what's happened up here in Minnesota. In Northfield, they converted the tennis courts into pickleball courts. We we went out, we bought our pickleball set with the little pickleball paddles and the pickleball pickleballs, I guess is what you'd call them. Uh, <laughs> and and, and you know what, though? <laughs> That's why I wanted to share this with people, because they might make the same mistake we did. The first few games Lynn and I played of Pickleball, man, we were just tearing it up. High-scoring games, 60, 70 points a game. <laughs> and then someone pointed out to us, you're supposed to hit the ball over the net. <laughs> <laughs> See, we thought it was like hockey or like soccer, where the object was to get the ball in the net. Oh. <laughs> but, but apparently... <laughs> Apparently that's not how the game's played at all. You probably did you know that, Matt? Or did yeah, you? Yeah, I figured it out, yeah. Oh, did you? Okay. <laughs> but uh, I can uh, see the appeal. Yeah, boy, this is really easy. <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. No wonder we said, like this. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they said it was older people could play. I'm like, well, yeah, of course. There's nothing to it. Uh, and by the way, you'll you'll be interested in this too, Matt. You, you know, in golf, it's actually the low score that wins. Isn't that? I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm not as good a golfer as I thought I was either. Uh, <laughs> all right. So there you have it. Everybody, pick up pickleball. But remember, hit the ball over the net. Over you, the net. Thank you, Do you, you get guys. in the kitchen? Have you ever been in the kitchen doing pickleball? See, pickleball players will know right away what we're the talking kitchen? about. I, the I kitchen? I guess I have not been in the kitchen, John. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm not a pickleball insider. Well... It's that space up in the front. That's called oh, the kitchen. Okay. Okay. So now when you okay. play pickleball again, you can impress your pickleball friends. The lingo. The yeah. lingo. Yeah, that's the no, kitchen. No, it's, it's a workout. I mean, it's not a, you know, you're you're get a workout when you play pickleball. Um, if you, you hit know, it over they, the net. If you don't, well, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, it's very yeah. relaxing. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, there's got to be yes. something better than this. Yes, thank you for. <laughs> I find myself saying that more and more in our <laughs> openings. Something better than this. <laughs> So I appreciate making Wrestling with the Basics a full-service program on KFUO, John. Yes, and I'm sure right. our listeners do, too. So thank all you. Of, thank you. All thank your you. recreational activities are 
can be found here. Uh, but but you, I'm excited about this, Matt, uh, because you've actually started a whole new series, and you're going to be sharing it with us here on Wrestling with the Basics. Yeah, thanks, John. So we, um, at Essential East Friday Serve, we look at, um, typically over the summer months, we look at something maybe a little different for uh, our sermons. Um, we follow the lectionary, you know, those assigned readings, but in addition to that, we also might incorporate a, a sermon series, you know, for these Sundays after Pentecost that we're in during those summer months. Um, so this year, what we're doing is we have uh, the Summer of the Psalms, John. So we're going to go through uh, eight psalms, and we're really intentional about what psalms we're picking. Um, there's different psalm types. We're picking eight different psalm types. Really? So not just different psalms, psalms, but different types. Okay. Yeah, yeah. See, I think that's interesting. So, I mean, you know, just as a backup a little bit here, you know, I think sometimes people pick up a Bible off a shelf, you know, maybe for the first time, and they think, well, it's just, it's one book, right? And it's all pretty much the same, and it's all, you know, the Holy Bible. And, you know, on the one hand, well, yeah, you're right. It's all God-inspired. Um, it's all His Word. But within the Bible, there's 66 smaller books, right? We split right. them up in the Old Testament, the New well, Testament. Well, wait, wait. Some, some are small, but the Psalms really doesn't qualify. <laughs> They're pretty large. It, well, it goes on and on. What is it, like 100,000 Psalms or something? I don't know. Yes, I 100, 150 Psalms. <laughs> 150? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. But that's a lot of Psalms, no doubt about it. That is a lot of Psalms. Um, but, you know, different... Uh, there's different styles of writing within the Bible, right? And that's kind of my point yeah. is, you know, the book of Genesis sounds a whole lot different than the book of Proverbs, which sounds a whole lot different than the book of Acts, which sounds a whole lot different than um, the book of Revelation, for instance. So I, I think that's just, I mean, I think that's exciting. I, you know, that God chooses to convey his same holy inspired word, but in, in different ways, right? With different human writers and different styles of writing. Um, different genres. So you have uh, different books of the Bible that are more narratives, like the Gospels. You have uh, the book of Revelation that's more apocalyptic with all this symbolism in it. You have the the book of Proverbs, which is, you know, these, for the most part, these short, pithy, wise sayings. Um, you have books of the prophets. You have epistles that are letters written to people. Um, and, I, you know, the, the Bible is written in different styles, different genres of writing. It, and it's this, Matt. Yes. Matt, it's, it's like you got a whole library in one book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's fascinating. And, you know, as, as just we're, we're different people and maybe different parts of the Bible maybe resonate a little more with us than others. And, it, you know, it's just I, I think it's just makes reading the Bible fun. <laughs> Why not? It should be fun. Well, of um, course, because we put fun in the fundamentals. Well, that's it's, true. It's You're addressing the basics. The basics. Yeah. Yes. Every week, week in and week out of uh, so when you look at the book of Psalms, kind of the same deal, right? The book of Psalms, I think sometimes pick, people pick up those, those 150 Psalms. Sometimes they call the Psalter. And they think, well, a Psalm is a Psalm is a Psalm, right? They're all pretty much the same. They're kind of all poetry. They're kind of all songs. Um, you know, they're just maybe different lengths, right? Some are long and some are short. And I'd say, well, no, no, no. Um, when you look at the Psalms, there's different types of Psalms too, just like there's different types of books in the Bible itself. Uh, different types of psalms. So there's psalms of of praise. There's psalms of trust. There's psalms of lament. Uh, there's psalms of creation. There's the imprecatory psalms where the writer is calling down curses on people. <laughs> um, those are doozies. Um, there's psalms of wisdom. All different types of psalms. So 
what we're doing, where I serve essentially, we're, we're picking out eight of those, and then uh, those different types of psalms, and then again, picking out one psalm that sort of typifies each type, and really zeroing in on that psalm and digging in a little deeper. And, and so where are we starting? Will you be covering the imprecatory? Because I think that's the ones that really are difficult to understand. So at some point, are we going to do an imprecatory song? Well, if you want to, John, we can go for it. Okay. Because it's talking about, you know, uh, breaking people's heads and all sorts of stuff. Um, how does that fit <laughs> to, 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 you know, loving your neighbor as yourself, right? Um, how does that square? And it does. Okay, we'll get there. Um, uh, but we're, let's start. I think the best place to start is Psalm 1. Um, makes sense. And Psalm okay. 1 is a... So, a, so what, what kind of psalm is Psalm 1? Glad you asked, John. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wisdom psalm. Oh, a wisdom cool. psalm. Cool. And, and by right, the way, Matt, it? by the way, is doozy, is that a technical psalm word? It's a, <laughs> yes, right. It's, it's right. A, what's a doozy? Sorry. I just wondered. Yes, psalm scholars of the Psalter use that terminology. Is there pepter, too, if we have Psalter? Do we have pepter? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I should shut up. Psalm 1. It's a wisdom psalm. That's what they tell me. The Psalter and the Pepter. pepter. All right, John. <laughs> okay. You said uh, it. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, psalm 1. If, if people want to turn to Psalm 1, their Bibles uh, invite you to do so. It's, is it uh, safe for us to do a wisdom psalm? Is it really safe for you and me to do a wisdom psalm? Okay. I don't know. We're, gonna, we're about to find out. Yeah. <laughs> There's the way of wisdom, then there's the way of wrestling with the basics. <laughs> That's right. You got your two paths. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, okay. Psalm 1. All right. And then let's read verses 1 and 2. If blessed, is, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. All right. Fantastic thing. So as we look at this psalm already, um, looking at the psalm in terms of um, uh, a journey, okay? So that's okay. the metaphor that's used. So a metaphor is is a picture, right? Um, a metaphor uh, is something that's used in poetry all the time. So sort of a journey. So you have this idea of... Um, Bus is the man who walks, right? Walking, sure. you know, standing, sitting, this kind of journey idea. Life is a journey, you could say. Um, so it kind of reminds me then of, of this journey. Well, this journey, and then it starts, it talks about, you know, standing in the way of sinners, sitting in the seat of scoffers. But no, but no that, that uh, blessed is one whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Um, so it, there's, it kind of reminds me of another poem, <laughs> Um, and one by Robert Frost, the, probably his most famous one, that the road not taken. Um, you, you you might be familiar with it, John. Where yes, it talks I about, am. Yep. Yeah, that traveler is in the woods, and there's there's two paths, right? And he's trying to say, well, which ones do I take? And then the the closing stanza of that song, of that that poem rather, says this: "I shall be telling this with a sigh, uh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverge in a wood, and I I took the one less traveled by." And that has made all the difference. Um, so two paths in a wood, and he takes the one last travel and makes all the difference. Um, I, I think Psalm 1 is a little similar, right? It narrows down to the answer of, of life journey 
to just two different roads when you think sure. about it, two paths, and they are vastly different. Traveling either the way of the wicked or the way of the righteous. That's pretty much what it boils down to in these these opening verses. You either go the way of the wicked or you go the way of, of the righteous. And I'm thinking that's that's kind of what Jesus says too, right? Uh, Jesus, Matthew's Gospel, uh, Sermon on the Mount, he's talking about uh, two different ways, two different gates. Uh, for I'll just read from, from Matthew's Gospel. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. Uh, for the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Um, so you got the way of the wide gate, the way of the wicked, uh, and according to Psalm one, that's that's disobedience to God's word and to God's law. Um, that's a mocking of God's will. Scoffing is the word that the psalm uses. Um, you know, following the way I want to go. It's a way that seems pretty darn attractive, to be honest, John, most of the time, because it's my way. So, but that's the wide way, the way of the wicked. Um, and that's contrasted then with the narrow gate, the way the righteous. Uh, that follows, as the psalm says, a delight in the law of the Lord. And the, the word law there, John, is is that is a Hebrew word. You probably know which Hebrew word it is. Right, right. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's Torah. Exactly. And Torah, Torah, that's more than just law, right? Um, it's, it's the instruction of the Lord. It's uh, not, you know, we're not just talking about the Ten Commandments, right? But it's this delight, this love of, of all of God's instruction, all of God's word, we could even say, uh, the word of the Lord to delight in that. That's the way of the righteous. Any comments, John, about those verses? Well, so well yeah, and, and, and I'm glad you made that mention because that's one thing, as we read through the Psalms, you're going to hear this word law over and over and over again. Yes. And as you said, we, we usually jump to the conclusion that it's talking about the Ten Commandments. Although, ironically, <clears throat> I don't think the commandments are ever referred to as the law. <laughs> mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're the Deborim, they're the words, uh, which actually does fit in well with the actual meaning of the law, which, as you said, is the entirety of uh, God's revelation in the Old Testament, including, of course, yeah, the commandments, things we should and should not do. But, but certainly also the, the words about God being a God of steadfast love uh, and a God of mercy and long-suffering and all those other things. See, that's also the thing that we delight in, as the psalm says. Those are the things that we should meditate on day and night. Because I think one of the great dangers, uh, and again, it, it shows why we, we need more than just the psalms, why we need the explanation of the psalms as given us in the New Testament, because it would be easy to conclude uh, from these first two verses that it's all about us being good people. That's what it's all about. Uh, whereas actually when you start reading the uh, scripture, in fact, it's in the Old Testament too, that, that it's not about just doing the right thing, but it's about showing mercy. That, that's what it's not about, sacrifice, following those rituals uh, that are dictated in the Old Testament. Uh, but it's about treating people with love. And with mercy, and I suppose ourselves, knowing that's how God treats us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, John. And that's what I love about the Psalms too—is they're illuminated for us. Then in the New Testament, they're quoted all over the place in the Gospels, in particular. Uh, so they're really then, you know, these connections are made then to to the Gospel itself, you know, to Christ Himself. And we'll see that in the Psalms too, especially the Messianic Psalms, Psalms of the Messiah. Um, how do they connect us to, to mercy, to love, to grace, to 
ultimately, how do they connect us to Jesus, right? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, let, let's go on. Let's read verses uh, three and four, if you could. There's another metaphor, another picture. He switches metaphors here, um, and we'll see if we can catch which metaphor is being used in verses three and four. And again, we're talking about the man whose delight is in the uh, Torah of the Lord. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Yeah. So here's the metaphor now. So he's not talking about a journey. Now he's talking about two different plants, right? Yes. He's yes. talking about, so the, uh, the, the righteous, the way the righteous um, is like a tree planted by streams of water, yielding its fruit in season. The, the wheat does not wither, all that he does prospers. So this beautiful thriving tree, and then the wicked are not so, they're like, or they're not even a living plant, they're chaff. Yeah. Uh, they're what's left over after the harvest. There's what's thrown away, uh, right? So a big difference here. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think, too, you know, when you when you talk about a tree, especially a tree that's planted by streams of water, you know, a tree doesn't do the planting itself, right? Someone's got to plant the tree. Um, and I, I think when we talk about, you know, when we think about in those terms, God is the planter, right? God is the one who plants us, establishes us, gives us life, and gives us life through, again, his word. We could say the Torah. He uh, gives us life ultimately through the one that his word points us to, to Jesus Christ, uh, because of the way the righteous, you know, that's, yeah, that's following God's word, you know, you bet, but the way the righteous, then that, that word reveals to us, um, you know, uh, the, the cross, you know, the, the way the righteous takes us to the cross and to the empty tomb and to the baptismal font and to the, the communion rail, um, that's the way of the righteous that's revealed through the word, and that's, that's what, that's where God plants us, establishes us then um, by those streams of water, you know, that we can indeed bear fruit and thrive there. Um, and boy, what a sharp contrast it is between the, that the, those who um, walk in the way of the Lord and those who uh, do not, those who go in the way of the wicked, uh, the fruitful tree and the chaff. Uh, and, and, you know, Jesus, he, he uses this image of fruit all the time, right? He says, yes. you can tell them by, by the fruit they bear. Uh, and, and I think sometimes we, we don't really contemplate uh, the, the power of that image because it's just just like you said, uh, an apple tree can't plant itself, okay? So it can't even begin its life unless someone else comes and prepares the ground, puts it in the ground. Uh, 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 we, we have a little garden here and we had a bare spot and so we bought some hostas, uh, which they, they, they guarantee hostas in Northfield, Minnesota. I don't know if you can do that down there in St. Louis, but, but they said, here's a warranty. They, these things are guaranteed, but they need to be watered. You need to be, come out and take care of them every day. Because, again, the hostas aren't going to last on their own. Somebody's got to provide for them, take care yep. of them, see that they've got the water. But, but hostas, of course, don't bear fruit. So that's where the analogy breaks down there. So I don't know why I brought it up. But, but you see, that's the thing, too. An apple tree doesn't bear fruit because it says, oh, I'm going to bear apples today. No, it, it bears apples because it's, it's an apple tree. It just happens. That's how it's done. It's part of its nature. And that's how it is for us as Christians. We don't, we don't bear good fruit because we decide we're going to do that. We bear good fruit because 
God has made us new creatures. His Holy Spirit dwells in us. In fact, if you think about it, Matt, we, we bear fruit despite ourselves. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we are. See, that's the only thing that troubles me. you got to answer me. Because it says the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But we haven't even got to that verse yet. But I, I thought last week you told me that all of these disciples were sinners. So what's going on there, Matt? Yes. All right. Well, good, John. <laughs> Thanks for asking. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Well, let, let's, let's, in the time we have, let's, let's unpack that final verse. Shall, shall okay. I read the last two verses? Then? Well, well, before you do that, I mean, the, okay. the other thing, I think the other thing that, you know, you bring up a good question. I think the other question to wrestle with is, you know, we, we as Christians, though, okay, if, if we are indeed among the righteous because of Christ Jesus, right? Yeah. yeah. Because like you point out, we are sinners. We, we, we're all sinners. Um, yeah. We, we do scoff at the Lord at times, right? But, okay, but we'll say in Christ we are righteous, right? In Christ yes. we are planted, established by streams of water, right? Uh, connected to Jesus the vine, right? We are the branches bearing fruit, all those things. But assuming that, it talks about, yeah, that this tree is planted by streams of water, it bears fruit, it does not wither, all that he does prospers. That doesn't sound like my life all the time, John. I don't know about you, <laughs> but it seems like there's a whole lot of times where... Um, the things don't go so great for the righteous, right? For the, those who are in Christ. Um, good deeds don't always lead to good consequences. Bad deeds don't always lead to bad consequences, right? So is that what this psalm is saying? So I think the, the answer is found there in uh, the final verse, uh, verse, or verses 5 and 6, if you want to read that. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, John. So, you know, the point being, you know, we look around this world and we see, you know, in the scriptures, we see Job suffered, right? We see in our own lives, we suffer. Um, we see that, you know, prosperity preachers on TV are not right. You know, Christians are not always healthy and wealthy in this world. Um, we don't always feel like fruitful trees. But then these final verses then talk about uh, the judgment and the wicked not standing, but the Lord knowing the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So um, in his commentary in the Psalms we've been using, we've been using um, Dr. Seleska, Tim Seleska's commentary in the Psalms, um, the Concordia commentary series, really good stuff. But here's his comments on these final verses. He says, in these words, the psalmist lays down the final verse of the Psalm like the winning hand in a card of, in a game of poker. Um, you know, this is his ace in the hole. Yeah. And this is really kind of what it comes down to is, yeah, in the end, right, of the judgment, uh, the righteous in Christ, they're blessed. Um, you know, come what may in this life, uh, what, what our journey looks like, whether we encounter good or bad, um, God still knows the ray of the righteous. Uh, we're still under his care. Uh, and at Jesus' return, that's going to be made manifest in the day of judgment. So, you know, when we struggle with the, the question, you know, why isn't my life always fruitful? Why don't things always go well if I'm among the righteous in Christ Jesus. Well, they may not, but that doesn't mean the Lord isn't with you. And also, yeah, when the judgment comes, when Christ returns, you know, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Um, so, so what is wisdom? Well, walking in the way of the righteous and, and ultimately the one who makes us righteous, uh, Christ Jesus. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think some things to wrestle with in the psalm for sure. Yeah, John, any any last comments? Well, well, and I think yeah, you, you hit it right there what you said. But we have to understand the Bible defines righteous as those who live by faith, 
Yeah. Uh, you're right. Those who know the forgiveness and mercy of Jesus Christ and the compassion, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So, so the wicked and the sinners here aren't necessarily just people that do things wrong, because we all, we're all sinners. But the wicked and the sinners are those who refuse to repent, who f- refuse to, to recognize the yes. fact that, yeah, we need the righteousness, which is Jesus Christ. Exactly. So, yeah, this is not, you know, we are righteous in and of ourselves. We are the, we're, we're the good people, right, as Christians. No, not at all. That righteousness only in Christ Jesus. And uh, their assurance uh, that in the end, yeah, those who are in Christ, uh, the, the Lord knows their way. Uh, but the wicked will perish. Yeah, that's, that's what the psalm reveals. So anyway, that's a start in the psalms. And we hope to uh, dive into the psalms a little more deeply in the future on Wrestling With the Basics.